Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Today on NFL Fantasy Live, Josh Gordon is finally back. But was he worth the wait? Find out when our experts debate if Flash is the missing piece to your championship run. Plus, the road to sneaking into the fantasy playoffs starts on the waiver wire. See which players our guys say you can pick up right now and start in Week 12. And the trade deadline is upon us. Are you a buyer or a seller? We'll reveal which players have to be on your trade radar. NFL Fantasy Live presented by Bose starts now. Welcome to NFL Fantasy Live, the official fantasy football show of the NFL. Matt Money Smith here with Akbar Baja Biamila. Akbar, we were head-to-head this week in our sure. NFL Fantasy Live League. You needed uh, 21 points from Heath Miller and Martavis Bryant, and you did or you did not? No, I lost them. to you by 12 points, and I easily could have gotten those 12 points out of Martavis Bryant. Of course, he dropped those two touchdowns. That made it very hard on me, of course. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to get that second win in our That's league. That's it. One, yeah. in, one in ten as I am uh, on a nice trajectory That's toward it. the postseason. Congratulations. My point total is increasing every single week. All right, we begin with news on Adrian Peterson. On Tuesday, the NFL suspended Peterson without pay for the remainder of the 2014 season for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. However, Ian Rappaport reports that Peterson will officially appeal the suspension. Now, currently... Peterson will not be considered for reinstatement before April 15, 2015. In a letter to Peterson, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell says he will have periodic reviews with the running back to check on his compliance with counseling and therapy sessions. A failure to cooperate and follow through with the plan will result in a lengthier suspension. You can follow the latest updates on this story at NFL.com. Now in other news... Browns All-Pro receiver Josh Gordon was reinstated by the NFL. He was suspended for the first 10 games of the season for violating the league's substance abuse policy. Gordon has been cleared for normal activities without restriction. Now to Gordon and the numbers. 2013, he led the league 1,600-plus receiving yards, and that was in spite of his missing the first two games of the season on suspension. So, Akbar, let's just start it off. 
this Sunday against Atlanta. Your expectations for Josh Gordon? Well, my expectations are going to be huge for Josh Gordon. I mean, if you look at that third uh, topic there, we saw receiving yards of 25-plus or more yards. He was second in the league with that 15 15 of those. And so that tells me that he's a very explosive player and he's going to continue to be an explosive player. You get a guy that's coming out of a, a excuse me, out of 12 weeks of being gone for the for the season and then he comes back when these guys' legs are drained, completely drained from being beat up in the season. He's going to do that. And we saw him, of course, do this last year when he came back after a two-week suspension. He was targeted 19 times. Brandon Hoyer, he's going to love to have Josh Gordon at his healthiest. He's going to have him at his finest and in shape and ready to go. Doesn't matter if it's Brian Hoyer, Brandon Whedon, Jason Campbell, whoever's throwing that ball, uh, Josh Gordon seemed to have no problem catching it. We're going to have a lot more on Gordon later in the show. But for now, let's throw it over to Marcus Grant and Adam Rank. Thank you, Money. We're here as always getting you caught up with all the latest news and notes from around the National Football League. And on Tuesday, sticking with the Browns, they waived running back Ben Tate. Tate started six games this season, ran for 333 yards with four touchdowns. So, with one less rusher in Cleveland, is there one in particular you trust going forward? I'm going to trust Isaiah Crowell. I know I was a big proponent of Terrence West during the summer, but Crowell has just kind of emerged as the better running back, and it looks like the Browns coaching staff agrees with that assessment. And with Josh Gordon coming back, you cannot commit two safeties or an extra safety into the box, which means it's going to be a better opportunity for Crowell and West to get out. And by the way, there was some kid on Twitter this summer who said I was negligent in saying that Ben Tate was not going to be the guy. I hope he reaches out to me again. A lot, of, a lot of crow there being... A little bit. I've Ranks got, I've got serving, the tapatio Serving crow. More running back news. The Denver Post is reporting that Broncos rusher Monte Ball will miss the next two to three weeks. Ball aggravated his groin during the team's loss to the St. Louis Rams. So with Ball out, Ronnie Hillman expected to miss another week. We know C.J. Anderson is going to get the ball. He's been very productive. Is it worth, though, maybe taking a chance on a handcuff on Jawan Thompson? Absolutely. With John Fox, everything is in play. You could go with anybody. C.J. Anderson could be benched this week. We don't know. Thompson is somebody to go out and add off your waiver wire right now. There's not a lot of options out there. When you look at the waiver wire, it's pretty thin. If you're in one of those leagues where C.J. Anderson is available, and I see this from time to time from kids on Twitter, and I'm like, yeah, of course. But <laughs> if you're in a deeper league, if you're in one of those leagues, Jawan Thompson is somebody just to stash. You're not going to play him this week, but at least stash him. Always just take the chance. So for those of you who don't like running back news, there's more running back news. <laughs> on Monday, Colts coach Chuck Pagano announced that Ahmad Bradshaw has a fracture in his fibula. Bradshaw left Sunday night's game against the New England Patriots in the fourth quarter and didn't return. He's expected to see a specialist about his foot in the coming days. So with Bradshaw looking like he's going to be out indefinitely, do you trust Trent Richardson or is there somebody else maybe worth taking a look at? I'm going to look at Boom Heron off the waiver wire. He was somebody who played very well in training camp, looked like he has a lot of potential, but, you know, another one of those guys who just gets lost in the shuffle because they have two veterans in front of him. But now when Trent Richardson is the number one, it means that the number two is not far away from being the number one. So I pick him up. Again, we're talking about not a lot of options there on the waiver wire. Go pick him up. You know, a lot of people are going to be looking at it and just assuming that Richardson's going to be the guy. 
You could just kind of sneak in. Just ask anybody who had Alfred Blue this week how that worked out for him. Very true. Absolutely worked very well for a lot of folks. Cardinals wideout Larry Fitzgerald suffered a grade two MCL sprain Sunday against the Lions. However, Fitzgerald was able to finish the game. Then on Monday, head coach Bruce Arians told reporters that Fitz should be able to go this week against the Seahawks, but it's going to be a wait-and-see situation. So if Fitzgerald suits up for this one, do you trust starting him against the Legion of Boom? He doesn't have a great history against the Seahawks, and the reason is that the big cornerbacks for the Seahawks and the Legion of Boom always seem to find a way to take him out. And it's the smaller receivers who can kind of get in space and get deep on them who give them the most trouble. So the receiver from Arizona I would want to play this week is John, or is a John Brown. There you go. I'll get there. Josh, there's, there's too much Josh Gordon going on. John, John Brown. Brown. John Brown is the John guy to pick up and play this week. Brown. Speaking of rookie wide receiver, Saints wideout Brandon Cooks had surgery on his thumb Monday. Cooks injured his hand during New Orleans' loss Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. The rookie is expected to miss four to six weeks, which effectively takes him out of the mix in most fantasy leagues for the rest of the season. So does that mean Kenny Stills is a decent guy to grab off waivers now? He was targeted a lot last week. He's going to have the most opportunity, and that's pretty much all you really want from the Saints receivers. Opportunity still gives it to you, so that's the guy with the gun, yeah, which means Colston will have 15 receptions. It's been so hard to trust Marcus Colston this season, <laughs> so I, I, think, I think Kenny Stills is, Kenny Stills has got to be the guy. He's your guy. For more now, we'll throw it back to Money and Akbar. All right. Thank you, Marcus. Let's get to it. The Monday Nighter Battle of the Burgers. See, Ben Roethlisberger, Zach. I Metten, knew you were going to go there. Burger. I knew you were going to do that. What does that say about me? Down 3 nothing. Titans take over at the 20. William Gay, interception. Mettenberger's pass. Uh, returns it for six. A pick six. Steelers now up 10-0. But the Titans would regroup on their very next possession. Let's get to that first and goal. Bishop Sankey up and down year. However, in this one, gets you double-digit points. Titans now down 10-7. Running with a little bit of authority right there. And here we go. Back to the Titans as they take over on the 20. Mettenberger deep. Nate Washington. Yeah. I'm going to say blown coverage. Yeah, that was. Well, you saw exactly right what happened there. You saw the free safety in the corner bite up. You see that watch here. Boom. Bite. Uh, Nate Washington got him. Nice double move there by Washington. Mettenberger with pressure in his face was able to find a good throw. 14 points there, uh, Nate Washington. Zach, 7.2. Steelers would respond, though. How about uh, first and goal, Le'Veon Bell? I love the yard, reach. Watch touchdown. the reach. And just, I mean, you know, that ability to fight for those, for those six points for his fantasy owners, they love that in Le'Veon Bell. That was his first rushing touchdown six, since week one, I should say. 200-plus yards, by the way, over 28 points. Roethlisberger, two. Antonio Brown. Can you dance like that, Money? Can you dance like that? Can no. you move your hips like that? Uh, absolutely I can. cannot. A little stiff in the hips there. Uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh holds on to win. 27 to 24. Here we go. Let's look at your leaders. Thank you for humiliating me. <laughs> Zach Mettenberger, <laughs> huh? How about that? 16.5 fantasy points for the rookie sixth rounder out of LSU. But you see Le'Veon Bell, the star of the show. 28.2 points. Heath Miller as a spot start, not bad for the tight end position, a little over seven points. I actually, Heath, for Chase I actually picked up Heath Miller. Yeah. You know, I knew that, of course, Delaney. that Delaney Walker is going to be out. I picked up Heath Miller. Of course, I probably should have gone the other way, yeah. you know, with Coffin. Chase Kaufman. But, Two more. Yeah. Still would have lost. Let's start on the winning side. <laughs> <laughs> the big story. 
story of the night was Le'Veon Bell, 204 rushing yards and a touchdown, a little over 28 fantasy points. This is the guy fantasy fans were hoping to see week in and week out when they drafted him in the first round. He's so impressive to me, not just because of his athletic ability, but really when you look at his patience that he has all throughout this game, we saw his patience on full display. You know, he has this little hesitation that you see. Watch, look, little pause and hit. I mean, when you do the pause and hit, that allows you to set – Get your blockers to set up those blocks that you need. And he does that continuously through the game. That's an advanced move right there. That's not something, and that's a lot different than dancing in the backfield. That's not what Le'Veon Bell is. He's not a dancer in the backfield. He uses his vision. He finds a hole, and he's very decisive. And that's why he's going to continue to give you production like he's doing now. He may he may go through some down games, but I think he's going to have more trend. We just need to get him in the end zone more. Yeah, and we said it last week. Trade for Le'Veon Bell, but do it before the Tennessee Titans game because we suspected this was going to be uh, that type of performance. And his value should get a boost going forward because Tuesday the Steelers released running back LeGarrette Blunt. Albert Breer reports a Steelers source says the decision was made from Blunt's selfish behavior. Right, so yeah. even more carries. A lot of people worried about, well, it was Blunt that was taking some of those touchdowns away from Bell. Well, he was. And now you're going to see that as production. That's why we talked about getting him in the end zone more. Yep. Now he's had that. I don't think Dre Archer is going to come in there and start stealing touchdowns yeah. from Le'Veon Bell. No doubt about it. Unless he, I don't know, goes 75 yards and gets the touchdown that way. That he's able to do. Antonio Brown, solid as usual. Nine catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Highest scoring wideout in fantasy right now. Will he end the season as the number one wide receiver? Yes, he will. And the reason why is because Big Ben has a big arm and he likes those wide receivers who can get out there and get deep, and he does that. I, I looked at this game and I saw how the Titans, they try to play Antonio Brown, and they really tried several different methods. They tried the man-on-man. Oh man, that didn't work. He was too quick off the line. Then they tried to do a lot of that zone, and then he'll sit like he did right there, right in his zone pocket. When you find those pockets and you get a wide receiver who's on the same page with his, with his quarterback, now we saw some miscommunication earlier where they missed that touchdown, but by and large, these guys are on the same page, and he's going to produce and become that number one wide receiver. Uh, a few weeks uh, ago, Ben said, Big Ben set an NFL record, 12 touchdown passes in two games, six each back-to-back. This is how he has done since then. 275 pass yards per game, just two touchdowns, three interceptions, and look at those fantasy points, 12.1. Uh, fair to say, Akbar, I know you were uh, a big proponent of starting Big Ben, and why not? The guy had 40 points per game in his previous two weeks. Do you still trust him? Are you Absolutely. going? Absolutely. You do. I'm not even going after back anywhere. to back. Yeah, even after back to back. The best thing that Big Ben has going for him, and it happens to every football player, I'm here to tell you. Every single player in the league goes to the point where they get a little beat up towards the end of the season. Guess what Big Ben has in his favor? What's he got? A bye week. There you He's go. got a bye week. He'll regroup. He'll get it together. He'll come back refreshed and get right back on pace to where he was with Antonio Brown. But everybody, everything's going to be working in unison for him. I would tell you, chill out. Don't, don't panic over Big Ben. All right, just quickly, on the other side of the ball, Titans rookie back Bishop Sankey did run for 38 yards and a score. Had just over 10 fantasy points. Looks like he's the number one going forward. Forward, is he a start in your fantasy lineup going forward? Let me look at my phone here. My phone says wait till 2015. I'm waiting till 2015. Okay, so no. Not, not even no a flex. No. 10 plus points, not yeah, even he, a flex. He's not there yet. Okay. Uh, still to come, you don't want to miss Marcus Grant's fantasy breakdown. See which target and touch leaders caught his eye in week 11 and what it means for your fantasy teams. But first, we asked, you answered. See which players fantasy fans say made the biggest impact for their teams over the weekend. NFL Fantasy Live rolls on. 
It is time now for Game Changers, presented by Bose. This season, we're looking for your help to, well, help us decide which performances made the biggest impact for your fantasy teams. You can tweet us using the hashtag Game Changers, and we might feature your tweet on an episode of NFL Fantasy Live. Akbar, just like we're about to right now for some lucky fans, why don't you take our first hashtag Game Changer? Well, for me, it's Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall is outstanding. He's been outstanding for the last couple of weeks. You look at what the bye week is done for him. We'll talk about bye weeks and what that does for players. And, you know, when you get towards the end of the season, there's something that happens to your legs just from the accumulation of trauma and abuse that your body takes. And then you get that bye week, you get your rehab, and then you come out and explode. We saw him come out with 17 points uh, in the first game after the bye, and then he comes out and gives you 20-something points. I think this connection is going to continue to grow. This is a team that's really desperate in this NFC North. They're going to try to extend the ball, and they're going to try to find Brandon Marshall because he's that big-body guy just like that basketball post-up. That's why he's a game-changer, and he's going to continue to be a game-changer. All right, there you go, Jay and Robert. Uh, for D, I was in Kansas City, and just to kind of give you an idea of how big a performance this was for Jamal Charles coming in, the Seattle Seahawks uh, allowed opposing offenses to rush the ball for 80 yards per game. Jamal Charles making runs like this, avoiding tacklers, yards after contact. He put it on him for 150 yards and a touchdown. And again, one of the best rush defenses in the league. You credit Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, creative play calling. But really, as you see with that run right there, a lot of it, FFL 8-2, um, Kenny was Jamal Charles' own doing. The Packers defense, Akbar, you want to talk about on a roll. Yeah, they are in a role, and I give credit to Dom Capers because when you don't have that guy, they do have Peppers, but when you don't have another guy opposite Peppers that can go out there and beat his man one-on-one. Well, Clay Matthews, but they moved him now to that middle linebacker yeah. position so they can get a lot more, a different look to be able to create more pressure. But he's manufacturing with a lot of different looks Stacking up his players, moving them from 4-3 to 3-4, and getting those guys to get off the ball and running games. And that's how they're getting to the quarterback, creating change and getting fantasy points for him. I mean, it was a must-win for the Panthers, must-win for the Bears, must-win for the Eagles going into Green Bay. And that defense demolished all three of them and got you big, big fantasy points. That was Game Changers, presented by Bose. For more now, we throw it over to Adam and Marcus. Thanks, Money. We're breaking down the players with the most targets and backfield opportunities from Week 11. So let's take a look, Marcus, at who made the list. And we start with the targeted players. Alshon Jeffrey leading the way. 17 targets, as Akbar was just talking about. Brandon Marshall did make a couple of big plays in the red zone, but Alshon was the most targeted guy. Ruben Randall jumped ahead of ODB in that game. Seven receptions, though, on those 15 targets. But the guy I want to focus in on right now, Look, Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah, absolutely. Kelvin Benjamin is like the one guy in this Panther offense that you can trust on a weekly basis. We have no idea what's going on with Cam Newton. The running game has been non-existent. But when it comes to everybody else in that Carolina offense, it's Kelvin Benjamin and then Greg Olson at the tight end spot. And you love Benjamin because of his big frame and the fact that they just throw the oop to him down near the end zone. So even if things are going all wrong for Carolina, you feel like Benjamin is going to get a couple of those desperation tosses with Cam running around trying to make something happen. He is far and away the most targeted guy in the Carolina offense. And you watch those Panthers games, and they're just ugly, and yet there's Benjamin scoring double-digit points each and every week. What about Keenan Allen, though? What I, It's frustrating. What do we make of this? Yeah, the thing about Keenan Allen is another guy who is leading his team in targets by a fairly wide margin, but you see there the eight catches for just 63 yards coming on 13 targets, and 
Phillip Rivers is looking his way a lot, but right now he is strictly a possession receiver. He's that short to middle yardage guy. They're not going down the field. They're not looking to him toward the end zone. It's Malcolm Floyd who's catching a lot of those long throws from Rivers right now in that offense. Allen, a guy who maybe is helping you out in PPR, but in standard league, the yardage and the touchdowns just haven't been there. All right, you have the brains. I have the list of the Week 11 most backfield opportunities. Jonas Gray, no surprise, leading the list here with 38 attempts, followed by Alfred Blue filling in for Arian Foster this week. Of course, Matt Forte, 26 rushing attempts, six pass targets. He does it all. Again, another guy who doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, but he gets so many yards. He is so fantasy relevant. I wish I could say the same for LaShawn McCoy, but... Was his game that bad? I felt like he was pretty good. Yardage-wise, he was pretty good. You see that, the 88 rushing yards, 18 receiving yards, the 23 carries. The numbers, yardage-wise, actually haven't been bad. He's just not finding the end zone, and that's been the frustrating part for a lot of fantasy managers. Is You're wondering when it is he's going to start scoring the touchdown. His touches have been just about the same as last season. His pass targets have been about the same as last season. It's just the bottom line has not quite been the same, and so... If we're talking about a guy that you spent a fourth or fifth round draft pick on, you're thrilled with these kind of numbers. But the fact is, he was the number one overall pick in a lot of leagues, and he has not performed to that standard. They've got the Titans this week. I have a feeling that's going to turn around. What about Rashad Jennings, who we welcomed back from injury this week? Yeah, he was about what I thought he would be against the 49ers. He saw a lot of touches, but that Niner run defense stayed strong. You see just the 67 rushing yards for Jennings in that one. Certainly didn't help that Eli Manning gave the ball (laughs) away so much on Sunday. But I do think Jennings is the guy. We saw Andre Williams not really get it done. So you're going to see Jennings get a lot of carries the rest of the way. And I think he will be fine. It's just This just happened to be a bad matchup. Okay, the name of the column is Fantasy Breakdown. Be sure to seek that out, Marcus. Thank you very much. Of course. Appreciate that. I think we'll have more coming on. I think so. Yeah. Still to come on NFL Fantasy Live, rookie wide receiver Mike Evans joins the show. He's here to talk about his stellar rookie season and his 32-point performance in Week 11. Plus, could the missing piece to your playoff push be sitting on the waiver wire? You won't want to miss our list of players to plug and play in Week 12 right after this. Gray for the fourth time tonight. Four touchdowns. Going long for Gordon. He caught the ball. Browns are in the end zone. by Anderson. Breaks a tackle, trying to go back the other way. Forty. He's going to score. Matthews breaks a tackle and crashes it for the touchdown. Time now for some waiver wire targets. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live presented by Bose Money here with Akbar, Marcus, and Rank. It's the playoff push. So we're going to talk about our top waiver targets. Yes, there are still treasures to be found on that waiver wire of yours. So how about it, Marcus? Kick it off. I'm going to start with Jonas Gray. I mean, why not start with the man who just balled out on Sunday Night Football? 199 rushing yards and four touchdowns. Now, I know there's still Bill Belichick to deal with, and we know that he likes that. to pull pranks. With his running back situation. Is that what the, that's what that is? Bellatrix. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, you look at the way this offense runs, and Jonas Gray looks like the guy they want to hand it to between the tackles. Let him be that hammer. Vereen will still be the third down guy who can catch passes out of the backfield. But 
Jonas Gray is going to see touches as long as he keeps plowing through the middle, especially near the goal line. All right. If you don't have the number one selection on your waiver wire, give us another running back here, Akbar. Isaiah Crowell. We know that Ben Tate now is out of Cleveland. Out. He was he was very unhappy there. He wanted to be the man there in Cleveland, but he had competition. Isaiah Crowell, Terrence Wentz. But Isaiah Crowell, we saw he took about 66% of the snaps there against the t- uh, Texans. And he looked good. I mean, he was running the ball very hard. I think because he's a physical runner, they're going to stick with him. Now, the one concern I do have about him, and I will say this about him, he puts the ball on the ground way too much. You can't turn the ball over and keep that job, but he is a hard runner. Especially with a defensive-minded head coach with that particular defense the way they play. Uh, You're going Alfred Blue, right? Yeah, I'm going to go with him. I understand it's a little bit of a situation where you're chasing the points because he was so great last week, but... You look at the injury history of Arian Foster, and even though he's expected to return this week, there are no guarantees, especially with injuries like that. So this is somebody you should have on your roster because a couple weeks from now, he could end up being the number one guy. You're not picking him up to play him necessarily this week, but just somebody to have on your roster because you probably have some dead weight, some guys who aren't going to do anything for you going forward. So stash a guy like Al Blue and reap the rewards. Not to mention the Texans back in that playoff conversation, and they're not going to want to beat up Arian Foster over the remainder of this regular season. If they can keep winning, maybe see a little split carry kind of action. How about it, Marcus? I'm going with C.J. Anderson here because remember back in the 90s when Mike Shanahan was in Denver and it just seemed like they would plug a new running back in there and that guy would run for 1,000 yards? They're kind of on that track again. I mean, we have Monte Ball didn't get it done. We saw Sean Moreno last year. Then it was Ronnie Hillman. Now C.J. Anderson has stepped in and played very well with Hillman injured. And as long as Hillman is out, we know Monte Ball still out for a few more weeks. Anderson is going to get a whole lot of opportunity, especially if Emmanuel Sanders, Julius Thomas, and those guys aren't 100% going into the league. Yeah, it worked for Mike Anderson. Why not right C.J. Anderson? Rank uh, Latavius Murray, huh? Yeah, I would go out and pick him as another guy who you can stash down there on your roster. I hate to put this out to Raider Nation, but I don't think you're making the playoffs this season. What? <laughs> Actually, yeah, mathematically eliminated. Are they really? Yeah, yes. first team. Oh, very first nice. team out. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Then I, I don't hate to say it, but I do. I, I will say this. We know what we've got in Darren McFadden and MJD, and it's not much. Why not go out, see what you have in Murray, because he looked really good against the Chargers. Limited snaps, but when he got his opportunity, he ran out there, ran pretty well, and at, at the end of the season, he could be a guy who ends up carrying your fantasy team. And, and to piggyback off of that as well, you remember what he did last year. He was very strong. So, But you talk about Jordan Matthews. Jordan That's Matthews, what we're looking at here. I, yeah, look, I, I'm going to tell you right now. I, I don't know why he's not owned in more leagues. I mean, at this point, he, it's clear he needs to be in the 80 to 90% owned because Mark Sanchez is going to Jordan Matthews. He's a matchup nightmare for some of the smaller guys. He's young. He's green. Not because he's wearing green, but he's still got a lot of stuff to learn. But I think he's going to continue to produce for you. He's the guy that I would pick up right away like now and he's scoring touchdowns I'll uh, I'll put a bow on this gentleman with uh, well I made a poor decision this past week I started Jordan Reed instead of Kobe Fleener however I did not drop Kobe Fleener many of you have you see that right there just 11.7 percent ownership in NFL.com leagues back-to-back weeks 14 plus points and they are starting to use those tight ends well with Pep Hamilton like they did at Stanford both of them not just Dwayne Allen but Kobe Fleener these last couple weeks has been getting the targets has been getting the touch he looks comfortable now, Most too. Definitely. He looks real comfortable in this game. I was very impressed. It looked like Stanford all over again. Really, no really reason. Good. Yeah, considering how thin the tight end position is, no reason not to have uh, Kobe Fleener on a roster in your league. Here we go. Michael Fabiano may not be here, but we still have his top 10 waiver wire targets. Yes, Josh Gordon returns. So he has the number one spot. Josh McCown, back-to-back weeks now, 20-plus points if you have 
issues at your quarterback position. All right, coming up, Buccaneers receiver Mike Evans has been red hot, but will he be the best rookie wideout going forward? Stick around and find out which phenom our experts trust most for the playoff push. Still to come on NFL Fantasy Live, we sit down with the top fantasy receiver of Week 11, the rookie sensation Mike Evans. He's here to talk about all things Bucks and his monster 32-point game. Plus, waiver wire targets are kind of like fantasy points. You can never have too many. That's why we're digging even deeper to bring you a second set of under-the-radar guys. And the clock is ticking down to the fantasy trade deadline. Find out whom we say to make a play for and whom to trade away. NFL Fantasy Live rolls on. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live, straight out of Galveston. The number seven overall pick in the 2014 draft is putting it on dudes during his rookie campaign. Giggum after a 33-point fantasy performance, 209 and two touchdowns against the Skins. Buck receiver Mike Evans joins the program. What's happening, Mike? Uh, Nothing much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Congratulations on uh, all the early success. Now, you're another one of these basketball dudes turned pass catcher. You didn't start playing football until your senior year in high school, uh, but that was enough to get a D1 Scully. Is football easy for you? I mean, come on. Uh, It was easier in high school, and then, you know, I had to start learning uh, what coverages are the defense playing, Um, learn to run a full route tree, and, uh, you know, playing against better competition, it got harder along the way. But uh, it was easy at first. You know, it's funny you mentioned the route tree. And we think about those 50-yard pass plays and stuff and the nine route. Well, what's your favorite route? If they come to you and say, hey, Mike, you pick the route, what do you want to do? What is it? Uh, a vertical, a go route. Just go. Yeah. Do dudes have more – do they have more trouble keeping up with you or dealing with your six-foot-five frame once that ball's in the air? What's the bigger advantage? Because you're fast and you're big. Uh, at, at this level, uh, the guys, the DBs can run real well. So I guess it will be my frame. But uh, I have deceptive speed, I think. Deceptive speed. I think that's, uh, yeah. that's a polite way to say it. People don't think I'm fast because I'm so big. But guess what? I'm very fast. I think I get what you're getting <laughs> at. You got uh, 794 yards, seven touchdowns, seven receptions in, East, in each of your last three. All these sevens. A very lucky number to a lot of people. But number 13, very unlucky to a lot of people. Yet that's the one you wore at AM. That's the one you wear with the Bucks. What's up with the number 13? Uh, well, it uh, started, I was number 82 uh, when I came in and I registered at AM. And the only numbers available the year after that were I wanted number five, but uh, somebody already had number five because I was number five in high school. But uh, 13 or 82. So. I chose 13, and uh, I've been sticking with it. There we go. Unlucky for the uh, the opponents. Now, roll tide. You put 279 yards on Bama, upset all those fans. Then you bounce back. You put, like, 287 and, I don't know, nine touchdowns on Auburn. I mean, you really put it to the SEC. Were those two performances, because of the magnitude of those games, were they bigger than doing 209 and two touchdowns in the NFL? Or because it's the NFL, does that feel like a bigger performance? This, this uh, p- past one was a bigger performance because we got the W. And, you know, in college, we lost to Auburn and uh, Bama that year. Yep. So uh, the performance didn't feel as good, but this one feels great. Now, I got to ask you, uh, when it comes to Texas A&M guys, are, are you offended by Seattle's the 12? Because you are the home of the 12th. Man, does that really chap you that they got the 12 up there? 
No, I mean, they've been doing it for a while. It's fine. We can share it. All right. All right. Willing to share it. Now, are you keeping tabs? We uh, we had a chance to hang out at the Combine. I was covering your group of receivers. What a group. I mean, it has been remarkable this season how rookie receivers are putting it on the league. Uh, are you keeping tabs? Do you have relationships with those, with this Sammy and Kelvin and Beckham and some of the guys that you were hanging out with? Yeah, I'm cool with all those guys. You know, I have those guys' number. Uh, I haven't really talked to too much of them during the season. You know, uh, those guys are focused, and I'm focused on uh, the season. But uh, you know, they're doing well, uh, very well. And, uh, you know, we have one of the best rookie receiving classes, you know, arguably ever. So, uh, you know, it's fun to watch those guys. And uh, I don't keep tabs on them. You know, I see what they do, like, on social media. You know, but I don't, like, go Google them or anything like that. <laughs> right. Now, uh, you put up – you're breaking records. I mean, you're doing something that has not been done since Randy Moss did it, 100 straight – three straight 100-yard games as a rookie, something that only Anquan Bolden did his rookie year, a 200-yard receiving game. I tell you right now, Mike Evans, you can have the career of either Anquan Bolden or Randy Moss. Which guy's career do you want? <laughs> uh you know, Randy Moss. Randy Moss, because, all right. Perhaps the best, yeah. perhaps the best ever. Um, yeah. Last thing for you. Has, has anyone, uh, actually, no, a couple more, if you don't mind. One, uh, Vincent Jackson, six foot five. So has he yeah. talked to you at all? I mean, give us an idea of how nice it's been to have him on the, on the Bucks to maybe help you get acclimated to things. Oh, it's been great. You know, he's been a, you know, a huge part of uh, my success. Uh, you know, he's helping me a lot. You know, he's helped me grow as a player. You know, he's helping me be a better person off the field. You know, uh, he's a real nice guy. You know, uh, he's like a big brother to me. Now, uh, you have two different quarterbacks that have been throwing you the ball so far this year. Well, not so far, but this year. You got uh, Josh McCown and Mike Glennon. How different are those guys? Oh, they're different in their own way. You know, they're both good players. Uh, You know, Josh can, uh, you know, get out the pocket and extend plays a little more. You know, uh, Mike's a big, tall guy. You can see him in the pocket real well. And a uh, real uh, great arm strength. So, you know, both of those guys are good players. Arm strength, uh, arm wrestling contest. You and Vincent Jackson, who wins? Uh, he, he might be stronger than me, you know, lifting weights-wise, but uh, it would be close. I'll probably get him. All right, there we go. Probably get him. Uh, Mike Evans, congratulations on all the early success on the big win against Washington. Continued success specifically with that highly competitive Rookie of the Year award that they'll be handing out at the end of the season. Thanks again, Mike. All right, thank you. All right, for more now, we throw it over to Marcus and Adam. Thank you, Money. All right, Rank, Mike Evans has been balling lately. There is no denying that. But looking at the rookie wide receivers, which one of this group do you feel the best about going forward? Mike Evans. I mean, it was outside not named, of Mike Which one not named Mike Evans? That's not fair because we are such fanboys at <laughs> Texas A&M. But I'm going to go with Odell Beckham Jr. I've really liked what he's done so far this season. And I feel like I've fallen in love with him retroactively by watching Finding Giants over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> and now he's stepped onto the field and he's looked fantastic working there with Eli Manning. He's had at least nine fantasy points in five of his six games. He just shows why the Giants liked him so much. And one of the things they talked about in that show was his enthusiasm for the game. And you kind to feel that when you watch him. So even though Eli can be a little bit risky, I still like ODB going forward for the rest of the season. Well, I do How about like you. I like the ODB as well. But since you so we're unanimous, him, I'm going to go back to the NFC okay. South, and I'm going to go with Kelvin Benjamin, who's been fantastic. And this is a guy coming into the season. A lot of us thought was kind of a project. We weren't sure what to make of him exactly, but he has been the number one target for Cam Newton in that offense. 98 targets this season. That's 40 more than any other Panthers wide receiver. And while the Panthers offense has been untrustworthy, the one guy you can kind of count on week in and week out is Kelvin. Benjamin just because 
At some point, you feel like you're going to get one of these, the Cam Newton desperation heave in the direction of number 13. And a lot of times, he's standing in the end zone when they happen. So I'm okay with that. And it's amazing we talk about all these guys. We didn't even mention Sammy Watkins, who yeah. is still having a fantastic year. And like in any other season, he might he, be the guy. He would be the toast of the town. Absolutely. Shows to go. Goes to show, I should say. <laughs> what a great too. rookie class this is. So clearly, as we mentioned, 2014 is the year of the rookie wide receiver. So later, we're going to tell you which of these rookie wideouts you should scoop off the waiver wire before your friends figure it out. Plus, first, the trade deadline's just a few days away. Find out which guys we say you need to get while the getting's good. This is NFL Fantasy Live. Join us for a Thanksgiving edition of NFL Game Day Morning, presented by Walmart. Immediately following NFL AM, we take you right up to kickoff for Bears-Lions. That's 10 a.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live, presented by Bose Money here with Akbar Baja, Biamila, Marcus Grant, Adam Rank. Fantasy fans, reminder, be sure to check your league rules. In standard leagues, the trade deadline is this Friday at 11.59 p.m. Pacific. So... With the deadline quickly approaching, let's talk about some players fans ought to go after in trades. Marcus, get us started. I'm going with Alfred Morris, and he is Good. hes sometimes kind of frustrating. I know he gets the ball a lot, but it always ends up being Roy Hulu in the end zone. But Morris has a fantastic a schedule <laughs> the rest of the way. He's got a great schedule as they play a lot of teams in the NFC East. And aside from the Dallas Cowboys, a lot of these teams have a tough time stopping the run. So that looks good for Morris. And his yardage totals have been very, very good. So hopefully Washington can find a way to get him in the end zone. Otherwise, that will do a, that'll do a lot for his and fantasy value. But in the meantime, I think he's still worth it. No concern about the game. hot mess that things are in Washington right he's now. He's the only thing that's yeah. not a hot mess exactly. in Washington. How about it, Rank? Who are you trading for? I'm going after Trey Mason. I think what we saw over this past weekend was he is the number one running back in St. Louis. And as you're marching towards your fantasy playoffs, you want the guy who is going to get the ball almost exclusively. Benny Cunningham is still in the mix a little bit, but Mason has really started to show why they had a lot of faith in him. The only hang-up he had was the pass protection, but now he's starting to look like a three-down back. So if you've got a fantasy enthusiast who is sleeping, see if you can swindle Trey Mason from him. You're going with uh, someone off a bye here, Akbar? Yes, I'm going with Justin Forsett, and we've gotten all the the running backs kind of out the way here, but I think you should be trying to target a running back. You know, outside of quarterbacks, these are the guys that's giving you fantasy points. These are the top getters. And Justin Forsett, I mean, what an amazing story. We're all familiar with his story now, but he continues to produce. You've given him now a, a perfect timing to have a bye week. It's towards towards the end of the season now, right before you start getting ready to get into playoffs. He's going to have fresh legs. He's going up against the 19th-ranked defense in football against the New Orleans Saints. They don't stop the run very well, giving up 114-plus yards a game. There you go, right yeah. there. Justin for, Forsett, big game against the Saints. And for people that are saying, who's going to trade me Justin Forsett, you can say, well, I just traded for him. I did. I, I got him. You had to give up Megatron. <laughs> yeah, I did, but I got him. And exactly. look, what he's, uh, look what he's doing. It's for worked him. out all right. All right, let's uh, talk about Josh Gordon for a minute. He is officially reinstated. He is eligible to play this weekend for the Browns against the Falcons. And get a look at these numbers from last season. We have him sorted by which QB was under center. And we're not trying to paint the picture that he didn't have good games with Brian Hoyer. What we're telling you is Jason Campbell could be the quarterback. Brandon Whedon could be the quarterback. Hoyer could be the quarterback. It does not matter. He produces. So certainly he's worth grabbing before the Friday trade deadline, guys. And the key here is either he's going to come back 
and he's going to look like a guy that has not played football in 90 days, or he's going to come back and be the Josh Gordon that he was in every single game last year, even though he was suspended for the first two and led to his being the leading receiver in the league. So knowing you have to make that trade between now and the deadline on Friday, do you make it? Do Absolutely. You, want, you do. Absolutely. And I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. I've been in communication with Josh Gordon, but I tell you this for a fact. It's late in the season. Everybody's banged up. Everybody's got something wrong with them. And all of a sudden, you got a guy who's coming in with fresh legs. Now, remember what he did last year when he came out of the game, off the two-game suspension? He was targeted 19 times by Hoyer, put up 10 receptions for 146 yards. That's because he had fresh legs when guys are just coming off. So I'm telling you what I'm telling you is that his mindset is going to be differently. He, he, different, he's going to be able to produce in this type of offense. I just imagine a scenario where the first play of the game, Hoyer's going to go deep for him, overshoot him with about 10 yards, and you're going to be like, oh boy. So and you're then, not doing it. Then he'll have, like, then he'll have, like, he'll have like 40 yards and everybody who's been waiting this whole time. I just see this as a situation where it's going to just backfire and everybody's been holding on to him for 12 weeks or whatever it's been. Well, Break see, the tie, Marcus. Break the tie. Well, I think your desire to trade him has a lot to do with how long you held on to him. If you stashed him all year, you're not moving him because you don't want to give up that potential production. But if you were sneaky, you just grabbed him off the waiver wire a week or two, I think you do try to move him to somebody who maybe is a little anxious at the receiver. And, and, and here's another point, too, to add to this. I'm sorry, I had to stop you here. <laughs> He's got a legit number two in Andrew Hawkins. That's a big difference. He didn't have that last year. Taylor Gabriel, you're not going to give him a little love? No, I'm giving Andrew Hawkins the love. <laughs> Just, I, there's something I love about the football players and the fresh legs. You guys and your fresh legs, man. man it's no joke. It's no joke. You always hear about how important fresh legs are. If you want uh, more of our top trade targets, be sure to visit NFL.com slash now to download the app for free. We dish out some additional players to target exclusively for NFL Now viewers. But now we flip the script, some guys that like you say, like I just did, it's my script. Uh, we should be looking to trade away while we still can. Who wants to get it started? All right, how about a Marcus? All right, I will start with Terrence West. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that he doesn't have as much competition in that backfield. Now, Ben Tate is no longer a Cleveland Brown, so it's pretty much down to Isaiah Crowell and Terrence West. And right now, it looks like it could be Crowell that gets the bulk of the carries, but then again, two weeks ago, we thought it was going to be Terrence West. The point is, because there are two of these guys, that means that they get, hopefully, more touches each and every week. And so, knowing how thin it is on the running back waiver wire, you might be able to deal Terrence West away and get a little bit more now than you could have a week or two. How about it, Akbar? Where are we going? Well, you know, look, this is a guy, Jonas Gray, who Adam Rank has been talking about a ton. He loves Jonas Gray. Adam, why do you love him so much? I liked him because he was going to be the guy who jumped over Brandon Bolden and be that kind of hammer in the Patriots' backfield. But... I would look to trade him right now because his value is at his absolute highest. So if you're deficient at the quarterback position, maybe at receiver, this is the time to move him. Now, don't make a panic move because I still believe that Gray can be very effective in this offense, but there is no other time where his value is going to be as high as it is right now. With a trade line coming up, it's the perfect situation. Very kind of you to defer there, Akbar. Thank you, now, now it is. Now it is your turn. Who okay. are you trading away? I'm going to trade away Golden Tate. And I actually, remember, I received acquired him. him. I acquired him from you. And the thing about Golden Tate is we've seen in the last couple of games his production has gone down. And why is that? Because 
Calvin Johnson is back. And you look at this in reality, where they're situated right now in the NFC North, they've got the Green Bay Packers right behind them. So they're just trying to stay for supremacy and keep that supremacy in the NFC North. So what are they going to do? They're going to go and target their best wide receiver. They're going to try to get Calvin Johnson going right away. That's going to take away from uh, Golden Tate and his ability to make those plays. We know he can play and he's a bowler, but he's just not going to get the same amount of looks. Uh, I mentioned this a few weeks back. I'm going to say it again. Did not have a big game against the Lions. Andre Ellington, now with Drew Stanton at quarterback, they're going to stack the box. Ellington had the two touchdown passes, sure, but he also had the two picks. You see the numbers there, 66 scrimmage yards. The problem with Andre Ellington is the remaining schedule, two against the Seahawks, two against the Niners. Now, next week, they're going to go to Atlanta. So don't trade him this week after a, a, a disappointing performance against the Lions. Trade him after he has that big blockbuster against Atlanta the following week. Not this weekend, the weekend after. So there you go. Uh, if none of those trade targets tickle your fancy, we've got a second set of waiver wire targets on the way that are sure to give your lineup a boost in Week 12. With NFL Mobile, stream live local Sunday afternoon and primetime games, NFL Network and NFL Red Zone right on your mobile device. Download today or learn more at NFL.com slash mobile. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Money here with all the guys, and we're going deep. Last week, we said Jonas Gray was a deep waiver guy, and he delivered. So grab a pen and pad because we I'm are gonna going to walk off. I'm, I don't think I can top that. Well, <laughs> you mind if I go? You're, you're the guy. I really don't think Just I can top it. You Mr. Know? Know-it-all? Stick around. Corrected me in the break about all the mistakes I made in the no, last segment. No, and, no uh, listen, your advice, like I called Jonas Gray last yeah. week. Money was talking about trading a guy after the waiver wire. Yes, trade him in four yeah, weeks from yeah. now. After Actually, the, uh, deadline. week 17, ah. make sure you're trading. Listen, here's guys. what I'm saying. He's no, playing the Seahawks pick. and the Chiefs in the playoffs. Get rid of Andre. Maybe I got the dates mixed up. Did uh, you? All right, save me, please, Marcus. Trade uh, Andre deep. Ellington in week 18. <laughs> but you First can't week trade him. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm going to start with boom. That, whoa. Whoa, what? Thank you. Dan Heron. Boom. Oh, okay. Boom Heron. Not I didn't the, flinch. Uh, see, me. the guy's on top of it. Nice guy on appeal. Look, now that we've got Ahmad Bradshaw out of the lineup for a little while, Trent Richardson is, he's on top of the depth chart, but let's face it, Trent Richardson has not been great. He has not done anything to suggest he will own that starting job, which means you could see a lot of Heron. He's been kind of relegated to kickoff returns at this point, but he's looked good on that. Makes me feel confident that he can find some holes and get a little wiggle when he uh, gets the football in his hands. Deep waiver, Rank. I'm going to go way deep, and I have not made a reference to Duval County in quite some time, so I will say Marquise Lee. I expect him to get his opportunities because the Jags have some injuries going at the receiver position, so he could come out yeah, and have a good boy. He could come out. Have a good game, and then three weeks from now you could trade him. Listen, well, you trade him the three weeks from you now. Mentioned. Can I disagree? Can I disagree, I disagree with you? I'm going to disagree with you and say no. He's not going to get the opportunity because he, they're going to go with Cecil Shorts. Right. And you guys know that I brought Cecil Shorts to you two years ago. Well, I'm bringing yeah, him to you in a quarter. different capacity as a deep waiver wire target, as a guy who's getting a lot of targets. He's had 47 targets over the last couple of games here. I, I mean, know. he is the most targeted wide receiver there for the Jaguars. What I tell you, you say it's the Jaguar, and he's got to mention uh, Cecil Shorts. That's I was uh, I mentioned I was in Kansas City. I think their wide receivers got like four targets the entire right. game. 
DeAnthony Thomas, though, as a weapon, getting a lot of these bubble screens, fly sweeps. They're playing the Raiders this week on Ooh, Thursday Night Football. Like Could be that. a sneaky waiver wire what fill. You could actually you trade him on Friday. He has a big game on Thursday. You could actually trade him on Friday before the waiver wire. Never live it down. All right, fine. Make sure you trade Andre Ellington by Friday. That's going to do it for us. Make sure to tune in tomorrow. For all of Michael Fabiano's top starts and sits for Week 12, we will see you then. Hate you, right? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit Hellman's.com.